The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here, and I'm going to talk a little personal history before I bring in my guest, Mr. X. It all starts with Steve Zabin. Zabe's national show hit my market back in the day, and to a young Arch Stanton, he was such a breath of fresh air. My local sports talk guys were just nothing but blowhards, trying to make themselves seem like they were smart. They weren't. But then Zabe comes on the scene, and this was like talking to friends at the bar. His show was talking sports and chicks and electronics and what was on TV. It quickly became one of my favorite radio shows of all time. My favorite guest on Zabe's show was Mr. X. X would call in, they would talk gambling. Just out in the open, talk gambling. And nobody was doing that. Now, X is a man of mystery. Very little is known about him. He's incredibly smart and can write thesis papers on bad managerial moves in baseball. He's also a Pats fan, but we won't hold that against him. I mean this absolutely when I tell you that a Mr. X appearance on Zabe's show would always make me stop and listen. Always. And I can say probably that if there was no X calling into Zabe, there might not have been an Arch Stanton. So it's my pleasure and honor to have Mr. X here talking baseball. Mr. X, thank you so much for doing this. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) I'm already here. You don't got to butter me up anymore. I guess the big question is, how did you become Mr. X? Okay, how? Well, I don't know if your folks are familiar, but the Steve Zabin Show, which was, gosh, top radio show for coming on 20-plus years, uh, started in the D.C. area, and I liked it. <laughs> I just uh, I connected with Steve Zabin because I thought he was the first guy on radio back in like the late 90s, around 2000 where it used to be, don't you dare imply there's anything to do with gambling and sports. And Zabin was the first guy that would talk about it. And it caught my attention. It wasn't, you know, everybody was a purist and didn't believe in fantasy sports and gambling and whatnot. And we connected um, locally in D.C. one time at one of the shows. And then I started, I was always a baseball guy, Um, had been, doing very well in season totals for a decade or so. And in 2000, I sent him a write-up on my projections for the season. And basically, it went 6-0 and on the top plays and really caught his attention as a guy that knew baseball. So the following year, he, I mean, he created this character because I didn't want to be known back then. And if you know Zabin at all, he's very good at way with words and characters. And the first time he asked me to come on, I, I didn't really want him to use my name. When he brought me on, he had already created the character, Mr. X, mysterious Mr. X. And it just stuck. 
and 20 years of doing baseball season totals on his show um put together i don't want to pat myself but 76 and 19 records over 20 19 years yeah so it very quickly kind of caught a caught a following and a lot of people were anxiously waiting for the season total picks every march and we did other various gambling segments throughout the year anytime things would come up with gambling they'd, they'd throw me on to kind of explain or what have you but um, kind of as he calls it the dark arts um, but I made the made the forte um, by picking the season totals and you know anybody can have a good year or two pat myself on the back but it was it's been a long run <laughs> 19 year run um, hitting them hard so that's kind of that in the Vegas trips that the show does and developed a, a real he's got a very good following um, more or less in pockets around the nation various markets and uh, I now do the podcast pretty much every Friday the at Zabe cast and uh, Mr. X is on there Friday doing gambling segments various things stories history picks I'm not a tout don't try to be a tout um, you know some people would say it's 76 and 19 you're a tout but I'm not I'm a player and I'll leave it at that you know I'm a player and people like to hear the stories yeah you're, those are facts that's not that's not touting those are just facts okay. Sure. It's been good to be on the air for so long. I'm not one of those uh, guys that appears on Twitter with an awesome track record for five weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're not you're on the Zabecast, and I'll put a link to that for sure. Correct. But you also have your own cool. your own uh, site. Website, yes. Yes. Last year, after 19 years of this, uh, just it, and when we started the podcast, wait, when he started the podcast last year, <laughs> I just decided it was enough. Enough was enough doing that, and we put together a website. Call me Mr. X dot com, which just started out as a fun site. You know, there was a lot of links to some of the old famous shows. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, a lot of his listeners are not what I would call real hard players by any means, but they are interested and intrigued. I mean, there's some players, but it's mostly guys that are sports people that are interested in learning. So I started the site as kind of a resource, a little tutelage. You know, how can you play? People are afraid of internet shops if they have no place local. So I, you know, a couple places that I know where I feel comfortable referring friends and family to, and just a little, you know, some history of who the character is and what we've done over the years and things like that. But then we started last year with, uh, let's call it by very popular demand. We started some various subscription levels, mostly for the baseball season, but we do football also. I would say baseball is about winning. Football is about fun. <laughs> you you spend all year winning your baseball so that you can piss it away playing football. Oh, yeah, yeah. March but, Madness, uh, you don't you you dip your toes into that too, right? As I recall. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. oh sure. How can you not? It's fun, exactly. but that compared to baseball, that's almost like gambling. <laughs> <laughs> that's always been my stance about March Madness too. Yeah, if you know about basketball, yeah. you you wouldn't fill out a correct bracket. It takes an all. It's, it's complete insanity to fill out a bracket correctly. Sure. I actually don't do brackets. Gave them up t many years ago because I find they cloud your vision if you're a gambler. I can't believe the number of times you go, people go, wow, I, I really like that team. I like them catching four, but I'm not going to bet them because if I do, it ruins my bracket. Oh, I can't think like that. I can't <laughs> think like that. I got to throw the brackets out the window and leave the money where it counts. Understood. So generally speaking, yeah. since we're on baseball and how you think, are you a scouting guy? Are you a sabermetrics guy? Are you something in the in between? 
You know, I can only say a little bit of everything or a lot of everything. I was, I started as a data guy. I mean, I've been a baseball guy, let's call it my whole life. I'm a good data person. I did that for a living in ways. And I, I started playing rotisserie league baseball in the early eighties and for 20 years, actually 19 years, you know, played in leagues where I could name every player on the major roster and about five or six deep in each farm. So I was a, a, you know, I was a baseball geek, but I was also very good with data. So I did my own homework, let's call it for many, many years. But now there's so much data out there. Everything's available point click on the internet. I think of it more like I'm a Jack Welch fan. I don't know if you know Jack Welch, the GE CEO who just died yeah. last week, who, who was the you know, voted the top CEO of last century. And my point is a CEO sits in the boardroom and listens to all the proposals and has the instinct to say, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're right. That's more what I consider to be the key for me. I read everything. But just because a guy can throw all kinds of data at you, I read it and go, no, no. In fact, I lean the other way, if that makes sense. Mm. So I don't. It, it, it's no longer about doing your own homework. It's about reading everybody else's and having a knack for what resonates and works and what you think is fluff and doesn't work. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You don't have to do your own homework. You just got to gotta be like the CEO and be able to filter through it all. And then compare that to what Vegas is throwing at you and, and see where the difference is. Yes, exactly. I look at margins. I, I come up with ranges for every team where I, you know, if you say uh, the Orioles are going to win 57 games, well, that's stupid. But you can say, I, when I finish, I'll say, for example, last year, my number one pick last year was the Orioles. I think they were at 60 perhaps, but I had them in like a 50, 49, 53 range. So when your range is off from the Vegas total, that becomes a big play. Big play, or you're no, it, really, it, or you're really yeah, fucking it, wrong. <laughs> well, <laughs> so far so good. No, yeah, I, you, you, but, you know, more often yeah. than not, yeah. More, more often than not, you know, if a total is eighty, uh, and I find that I'm, you know, 77, 78, 80, Okay, pass. You got to be able to pass a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You got to be able to pass most of them, and then the ones that are a little bit lean, and then you find the ones that you complete. If, and by the way, I, I think a better way to say, if my number is way off, like that Orioles one last year. The first thing I do is recheck all your homework. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't say, "Oh, Vegas is wrong." Of course not. So when when I find myself off from them, I start over and I look at it again. And sometimes you find, let's just call it stuff you overlooked. And sometimes you say, "No, I'm right. You're wrong." Yeah, because you just got to plant your flag and go for it. Sometimes I agree. Exactly. All right. So I don't know how much individual game uh, betting you do in baseball. But if, I mean, if you can kind of clue us in a little bit, if we're looking at an individual game, is there something we should be looking at in your mind, like pitcher v. pitcher, run differential, ground ball rates? I mean, is there any jump outs we should be uh, examining? Well, I'm going to say it this way. Yes, starting pitchers are the key to the line. Mm-hmm. They're also the most overrated part to the line. Mm-hmm. You know, it's too easy to say, two even teams, this starter is way better than that starter. As I like to say, it's in the number. But what I do, I do play daily baseball. I don't mm-hmm. tout it, like I'm, uh, I don't uh, promote it rather <laughs> on the website or anything because individual daily baseball is a marathon, not a sprint. 
mm-hmm. it takes a lot of patience and a lot of grinding to play a handful of games over six months' time. You don't have that in other sports. There's a lot of ups and downs, and it really takes it takes a stomach for it and it takes some smarts. And when I do play it, I basically grade out games each day. Then I look at the lines. And if the team I like, lean towards, is a dog or a very, very, very slight favorite, I'll play it. Mm-hmm. If they're laying, laying chalk, I just pass. Right. So what happens is you really have to grind your way to what I call a 50-50 play. Most of my plays every day are, you know, hey, this game's a toss-up. You're giving me plus 125, 135? Thank you. I'll take it. It's a coin flip, and you're giving me odds. That leads to an awful lot of two and two, three and three days with a very, very small plus. But the good news is you can do it again tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that leads me into, a, I guess, a secondary question here. But I, I want to talk about my individual problem with baseball. I'm in the same boat. I wake up in the morning and I'm, I'm you know, I'm eyeing up the underdogs as best I can. If one, if they're jumping out at me, I'm grabbing them. And I do really well in April, May and into June. But then I start to recess back. I guess my question to you is, do I need to man up and eat some a little bit more chalk, or is Vegas getting that much better at their lines? What, what do you think? That's how I've noticed. I don't know if you're any different, but that's what happens to me every year, it seems like. Hmm. Yeah. That's a good question. I would say, first of all, no, don't eat chalk. Okay. That's, that's just, as a general rule, if you're saying minus more than you're saying plus, you should back up and start over, because it's just the favorites, there's... You know, obviously the odds are against you every day of the year, but if you're playing a lot of favorites, especially in baseball, even more so than other sports, I, I, it's just not going to be me. The best team in baseball each year wins 60% of their game. You know, I mean, that's obvious, but think about that. And compared to other sports where football teams go 13-3 and three and basketball teams, oh, my God, you know, winning 89%. The Dodgers will win 60% of their games. They lose a lot of games and vice versa on the worst teams. There are not locks. I know there's never locks, but there are no locks in baseball compared to other sports. So it really, in my opinion, if you sit there and go, oh, you know, the Giants today, they can't lose. You're crazy. Sure they can. You know, the 100 the loss team beats the 100 win team from time to time. It's really, to me, a matter of constantly taking odds and pluses that they give you and grinding it over time. In fact, you know what you got? Can I do a quick story? Yeah, but please. This was, you just, it just made me remember something. I used to back, God, it's been over 20 years, had a group of, let's just call it heavy hitters that relied on me daily. And I would send out to them what my picks were each day. The particular day that would change my life forever was like around June of, I think, 2000, maybe 2001. I sent out a, a flyer to these guys that said my pick of the day, and I had a name for it. I called it the start the bus game. It was a young pitcher on the Royals who I felt was needing badly to go back to AAA. He was not ready for prime time. They were playing the young uh, an Oakland A's team. Was, I'm struggling for his name, Durbin, something Durbin. I think Chad Durbin. And I sent it out and I said, Oakland is going to hit Durbin so hard today, he might not even shower. He'll go straight to the bus and back to AAA. Okay. So in the first inning, 
the A's did just that. The first two batters homered. He left the inning after five batters, down 5 nothing. He got shipped to AAA that day. <laughs> the Royals came back. The Royals came back and won the game 8-7. Oh, my God. So I not only had the guy saying he can't get the A's out, he couldn't get him out. He got shipped to AAA. But his team came back and won the game. And I was like, you know what? Baseball is a crapshoot. If you, if you can pick a guy who's going to get no outs in the first inning, Sheldon sent to the minors, and still miss the game, it's a hard game to pick. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I'm looking up Durbin I'll right now. That game. Now, somebody's going to look that up and tell me I'm wrong. No, no, no. In 2000, 2001. 2002, Chad Durbin. 11, uh, he, had an, he, he appeared in one game with an ERA of 11.88. <laughs> yes, but it was before that when he pitched oh. against Oakland. Oh, okay. Well, he's had a lot of bad season with the Royals. I remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. He did come back up a few years later and was average, but in the beginning. Anyway, I just remember. That's funny thinking I've never had a game more on target mm-hmm. and still, of course, miss it. So yeah. that's baseball. But does Vegas get better at making their lines as it goes on? Oh, back to your question. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, back to your question. I don't think so. Okay. I think when you get hot, if you told me that you did well early, yeah, I'd say you got blinders and rode the same teams too long and didn't. I would say that you got bias and started going to the same well. You're probably right. That would be my guess. Okay. They didn't get smarter. You probably got dumb. You probably got yeah. dumb. <laughs> because, you know, when you pick a team and, you, and they win and they win and you love going to them, you feel that they're better than, you know, everybody thinks they are. Well, no, everybody knows how good they are and you can't keep riding them. Or, you know, when you pick a team that's losing, 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 and you suddenly have hit eight out of ten because they're on a bad streak and you think you know something they don't know. No, now you're now you become biased towards them. I think that that could very well that to me sounds more likely than the opposite. I got you. So I do. I should do more self auditing. I got you. Keep it. Keep it. Try to stay honest. <laughs> That's hard. Oh, this is like buy buy low, sell high. We can say it, but it ain't easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Okay, so what about if we're looking at a high team? Let's you know, and, but it's not worth the money line. What about the run line? I, I'm not a fan of the run line, but I want to get your thoughts. Any good run lines? Well, I'm a. One of the things we talk about on the podcast a lot often is I have a lot of really good lessons in gambling rules. Unfortunately, I'm a better teacher than I am pupil, <laughs> and I break my own rules all the time. <laughs> I always say the pattern is make good rules, break them, then remember why you made that rule. <laughs> now, one of the rules I have is I will never play a run line in the National League. Really? I do not like national run. If you now look, I'm, I'm I know data. I don't have it at my fingertips. The number of one run games mm-hmm. in the National League is just much higher than the American League. Period. You you got lower scores, more likely to have a one run win. Now, first of all, if you're talking, I, I can't recall ever playing plus one and a half in my life. No, if I like no. the dog, I'm going to take them with the odds. The only time to ever play plus one and a half is maybe in some kind of edge position, like in a series or something where you're setting up a win win. So, of course, I assume you're talking about do you lay the run and a half with a strong yeah, favorite. Right. And I won't do it in the National League. I mean, if it's Clayton Kershaw and Max Scherzer and some pitcher who's 20 and four, dang, they still win a lot of 3-2 games. <laughs> you know, and I just I just won't do it. If you get me an American League team where they tend to put up 10 to four games, I will, at, at occasion, I'll lay the run and a half in the AL if it's, you know, a strong hitting team where I really like the matchup and I think the pitcher can do it on his own, I can see some run lines. You know, I'll lay the run and a half if it's some, 
you know, minus 240 game where the run line's 120. Yeah, I'll lay that. I won't lay the 200 plus on any baseball game. But I might, if I really like the team, I would never lay over 200. I probably would take the run line in the American League only. Yeah, but you generally, really, if you really, really like the game, I got you. Yes. All right. Exactly. What about totals? I have a hell of a time hitting my accuracy with the over unders here. You, do you have any advice on that one? Wow. I I can't say I don't play totals. Yeah. But I can say I don't like them often. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I. You know, and and the reason is. I can't tell you the number of times over the decades where I feel really in tune with a game and then I turn it on and after one inning, I'm like, if I'd have known the zone this umpire has, I'd have been on the other side immediately. I honestly feel like totals are too dependent on the home plate umpire and how big or how small that zone is. It has more of an impact on the total than just about anything else. So unless you're dialed in on that. And I've never found really good data on umpires. I know there's a lot of sites that track it now. <laughs> Back to my boardroom thing, but I think they track it wrong. Really? And I've never, yeah, I think they track it wrong. Um, and so it doesn't resonate with me. I don't like the data I've ever seen. They track it based on runs and walks that an umpire gives up. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. You know, I used to say in the day, oh, look, this umpire is a low number. Well, yeah, he had Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson last week. I don't yeah. care. You know, the other guy had Chad Durbin and some other guy. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't, I don't want to see their averages. It's too integrated with what games they've had. And, you know, you have an umpire with a, a, a big zone or a small zone. It doesn't mean they're going to walk. The players know that. They adjust their zones right out of the chute. So I feel like the walk data is very over where I think, I think it's given way too much credit because if you have an umpire with a certain very big or very small zone, the players aren't shocked by it. They don't sit there and get punched out on strikes and go, Oh darn, I thought that was, that was a big zone. They know that they're better than that. So I've never liked the data and I don't feel like that umpire necessarily helps one team or the other win a game, but I do think it impacts the totals. If that makes sense. No, it does. It absolutely does. So you're not talking like, oh, Cleet Blakeman's the referee. We should just hit the under because strange things happen. Right. Yeah, Cleet. football is crazy. Yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. I, I know that there are people that say, oh, look, this umpire has gone under X times in a row. But knowing data like I do. I know that going under, you know, you can flip a coin four times and get heads. Are you going to bet your ass the next one's a head? No, you know it can happen. It can happen. You can get three heads in a row. You can get four heads in a row. So, so I think a little bit of caution there. But I do like betting totals, um, but I certainly don't do it nearly as much as size. No, no. Okay, I got you. I got you. What about the first five? You ever touch that? Hardly ever. I think I, I think I, th- I think that's more of a sucker play than most everything else. Really, a sucker the reason, play? Yes, I do because I take last year. Okay, I'm in the D.C. area. Last year, early in the year, the Nats bullpen couldn't get you and me out. Okay, they were god awful. The number of times I hear people go, "Hey, I got an I play the Nats, but I play them in the first five before they get to the bullpen. And you look at them like, really? You, you think you're the only one that knows that? I mean, you think Vegas is going, I didn't know they didn't have a bullpen. No. 
So it's in the number. And every time you lay that half run with Max Scherzer um, for five innings, it's one one after five innings. You lose. <laughs> I mean, they just. It's. I don't. I. I feel like it's just you're really betting the starting pitching, which, like I said earlier, is obviously it's the most important player each day, but it also can be the most overrated component of the game every day. So you're really kind of pigeoning it down to just those five innings. And I always feel like the time you really love one team over the other in the first five, you'll find a line that takes you right off that play. Mm -hmm. I got you. All right. Okay, so you're a Pats guy. I'm trying not to hold that against you, but I, I thought you might have some good news. <laughs> uh, they, they hate us because they ain't us. That's okay. Oh, well, excellent. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you about the Super Bowl this year. All you want. All, all you want. Uh, yeah, I know. On Super Bowl Sunday, my wife asked me, what time's the Patriots game? <laughs> I had to explain they weren't in it this year. It does happen. We're going to call it the Mahomes Bowl. Yeah. Mahomes Bowl now, X. Your, your time's over. Okay, I've heard that one before, but we'll see. <laughs> just like, just like, by the way, just like as you said, Raven yeah. on that show, he's been predicting their dem- Brady and Belichick's demise for five years, and as I say every year, you're gonna be right eventually, and then hand me the whole I told you so, right? <laughs> he's got the balloons up there. Yep. And when it when it finally happens, you'll be, you know, it's really easy to say saw it coming, <laughs> and you lost a lot along the way. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so, but the question I have, because I, I think you've got some uh, insight in, into this. Whenever the you know, Pats get like accusations of cheating thrown their way, they turn around to win the Super we Bowl. Call that, we call that fake news. But yeah, anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, exactly. Well, the Astros <laughs> don't have fake news. I'm oh, loving wow. this whole idea of the Astros and the future lines. I'm wondering if they're going to come out Patriot asking kick some ass. What do you think real quick about the Astros? I'm short on the Astros. Sorry. Oh. They could win it. They're talented, but I'm not going to support you on that one. Oh, boy. And here's why. We okay. talked about that one just last week. I honestly – I I see a lot of downside on the Astros this year. Mm. I, you, I won't – they won't have any of my money. I'm, I'm not saying they're not going to win their division and anything. The one thing about baseball, as we know, is anyone can win a short series. Right. Getting there takes a good team. Winning a, a three out of five series, it you know these series are all fifty five forty five, not like the other sports. Anyone can win a short series. Get the rotation lined up just right. You have you know it, everything changes. But I don't like them. Uh, I, I see your point about oh they're going to come out with this us against the world kind of attitude all year. I've always said motivation in baseball means less than any other sport because. Other sports, adrenaline, effort, payback. Adrenaline never helps you hit a curveball. It just, just doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It might help you in football, and it might even help you in basketball. You can be pumped up and us against the world all you want. you got to make pitches, and you got to hit pitches, and I'm not sure that motivation really is going to matter. That's the upside. They're like, oh, us against the world and circle the wagons, all those cliches and play well. But at the end of the day, I want to see the impact on these batting averages. I think there's a big downside. I, I did a thing a while back. I called it the, what was his name? Rusty Grimes, the guy in the Bull Durham speech mm-hmm. when Kevin Costner went off. If you remember that famous scene, he talked about one hit a week 
find one hit a week, and your average goes from 250 to 300. So all these things and all these efforts to quantify the impact of the of the tipping pitches, and they're all trying to dissect 10,000 pitches and say, you know, I don't see a big difference. Are guys that don't understand baseball where one hit a week moves you from 250 to 300? I'm real curious if that one hit a week is going to go away. And I see a downside to this team. I think there's a downside. So I'm not – they're too good for me to probably short, but there's no way I'm playing them. Gotcha. Okay. There's just they're, they're, they're such a variable. There's nothing that would shock me if, uh, you know, instead of hitting 330, Altuve hits 285 and, and Bregman hits 270. It wouldn't shock me. So I, I probably will sit that one out. But. Okay. So you're going to Vegas soon, right? The, you said the Zabe. Yes. Yeah. So – Yes, we always go for the Sweet Sixteen week. That's the to me. That's the best week. What's your favorite sports book down there? Um, you know, I don't really give them my money. I'm not a pay in advance kind of guy. <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather run credit and do it later. Um, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't yeah. like to handle, but you know, the a book's a book. Um, you know that. When you once you're out there, all the lines are the same. There's some are more fun to watch games than that's others. A, yeah, no that's doubt. A, Westgate is yeah. Is that your favorite yeah. atmosphere? Yeah. Yeah, Westgate is 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 the best. It's the biggest. Westgate, of course, Westgate is not on the strip, and that's why they are what they are. They're attracting sports players off the strip, um, but they're a fun spot to watch the game. Okay. Uh, we are at MGM this year for a few days. Um, that's good too. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that the books are really a lot more fun than just the local pubs, <laughs> you know, to me. I just assume that one of the local pubs is not necessarily in the sports book. But it's it's definitely fun the week of uh, March Madness, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you're just sitting around the local pub taking all the morons action at the bar, right? Is that, is that you? Just to... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not that smart. Nope. <laughs> but I like I will uh, – no, the first the first uh, first time I went out with these guys, I sat there. There was a group of twelve of them, and it was so funny because they kind of knew who I was. And I'm not a yellow and screamer. I'm not like, oh, this team is going to win. I don't do that. And I sat right there the first night, and every guy said, "Hey, X, uh, you got to like Kentucky tomorrow, right?" I said, "Well, no, I'm actually on the other side. I got K State." Oh, okay, because everybody wants to bet the big big favorites out there. Eight different guys in a dinner of twelve came up to me and said. You like Kentucky tomorrow? And I said, No, I like K State. Oh, and, and every one of them bets Kentucky the next day. And of course, K State pulls the outright upset. And it's like, you know, I'm not going to tell you you're crazy, but yeah, no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so I'm not one who's going to sit there and tell them they're wrong. But uh, the next day, everybody says, Why didn't you tell us? It's like, Really? I told you ten times I wanted the other side. What can I do? I didn't yell and scream, but I said, no, I'm on the other side. What else do you want me to say? So, and they bet him anyway. I remember sitting there and a guy that I just met now does a gambling show. said, who do you like in a different year, Kentucky or Louisville? And I said, um, that was when Louisville was a one seed. I think Kentucky was like an eight. I said, I'm on Kentucky. He says, oh, okay. He goes out to the window. He comes back and we're watching the game in the pub, a group of about 60 of his, his guys. And, I notice I'm cheering for the other side. Like, dude, dude, dude. So what people do is they ask you who they like, hoping you'll say their side, 
And if you don't, they just bet it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's, so he's sitting there cheering and cheering for Louisville. And I was like, God, he's really into this. And finally, I found out he had 20 bucks on it. So I told him I'd give him 20 if he'd go over there and watch it somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you need 20 here, go watch it somewhere else. Yes, love it. Oh, man. But it's fun, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, love it, love it. So all states everywhere starting to legalize it. I think we should, we should probably touch on this real quick. What's a mistake you see gamblers starting out or what's something you would caution them against if they're, if they're just starting out here, sports betting? Well, okay. Uh, I'm going to say two things. Okay. First and foremost, um, <laughs> the biggest mistake any new person makes is to think, hey, look, that line's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> the, the more you think it's wrong, the more, as I say, go back and do your homework again. Mm-hmm. Somebody's hurt. Somebody's something. Don't think you found a mistake. I mean, if, and take a football example. If And I know if you're new, you maybe don't quite have this feel, but if I think a line should be seven and it's four, I don't get excited. I think, okay, let me look at that again. You know, why am I off? Don't, they're not wrong. Now, I would rather bet a minus four when I think the line should be four than bet a four when I think it should be eight. I don't know if that made sense. I mean, it's like I, I, I'd love to – should be – I'd love to take the extra points, but don't ever think that it's in the wrong place. If you think it's in the wrong place, that's like the poker game where you look around the table and you don't see the sucker. <laughs> Uh, that means that you, if you think it's a bad line, don't run to the window. That, that's that's the first mistake people make. Oh, hey, that one that that's off. Let me have some of that. No, that that's wrong. Um, but more importantly than that, the second thing, and this, the more that we have legal casinos and excuse me, sports betting, this probably will go away, which is a good thing for younger, newer gamblers. But that is, nobody gets buried. Should, let's rephrase that. Few people get buried when they pay up front. But it's when guys are allowed or extended credit, per se, that they start playing catch-up. That's when new gamblers get in trouble. Does that make sense? You know, you lose three, four, five in a row, and you try to get it. Trying to get it back is what most what causes most trouble. What I mean by if you have to go to a window and hand them cash – you don't usually play catch up, but when you can play catch up on paper is when you play catch up too hard. And that's something you just don't ever want to do. Throw it out. You, you hit a bad streak, throw it out, start over, stick to your guns. Don't quit, but don't play catch up. Yeah. That's the biggest thing I would always. Oh, I love that advice. Don't chase. God damn it. Don't chase. Your don't chase. chase. Yeah. Don't chase. And you can chase when it's, you know, point click and, you know, settle up later. You can't chase as well when you got, as I say, reaching your pocket. Yeah. Which so the more that the young kids have to go to a casino, they they don't chase as much now, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Yeah, I agree. All right, last question for you here. So we are a show about right. degenerate gamblers. You've been married with a family for for quite some time. What's the secret here? What's the secret to balancing work, family, and uh, degeneracy? Wow. Who says balance is important? Where'd that come from? <laughs> let's let's re let's reevaluate the goals here. No, um, okay, I got a couple ideas. First of all, I don't know about balance. You know, it is what it is. But I would say this. Hmm. 
yeah, no, my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. I would say this. In the early days when I was first dating my wife, you know, she knew that I was playing games. But I told her right away that I was superstitious. And I said, whenever somebody announces how much money they have on a game, I'm going to lose. You just, I'm going to lose. So from day one, she understood the superstition. And that set a great precedent for the next 30, 40 years. <laughs> so to her, there's no, there's no secret. It's all superstition, honey. <laughs> so, there you go. I like it. And she would sit there in the early days watching Monday Night Football going, Miami, wait, I thought you were for the Jet. Oh, I get it. It's that over thing. <laughs> you know, you find me cheering for both teams. But no, but to, to balance, you know, as long as it's a hobby, I always say it's a hobby. Uh, just like anything else, I always say, you know, when you go out to the movies or you go to dinner and you drop two or three hundred dollars, they never pay you back at the end of the evening. They always keep your money. But if you're playing football, sometimes they give you money and sometimes they give you more. So it's a hobby like any other <laughs> hobby. As long as you keep it in control, it's a hobby like any other hobby. And sometimes you win. Every other hobby and things you do for entertainment, they don't give you money. So that's why I say it's the best hobby if you as long as you're smart enough to keep it a hobby. When you when you go and eat dinner, you don't say, I lost three hundred tonight. <laughs> you just you know, you paid. That's what going out for the evening costs. So same thing Sunday afternoon football from time to time. But hopefully you win more than you lose. That's the plan. Hopefully so. That's what that's, I like it. Yep. Very good. So your site again, it's call me Mr. X. Call me Mr. X.com. Yes. Thanks. Right. It's, uh, it's got so a, that's for a lot of little, baseball? well, uh, right now we're ramped up for the baseball season. We just went live this week with some of the packages that people sign up for when they want to get info for the totals. It's pretty much all, but since I'm a totals guy, you know, what do we got? We got less than two weeks before the season. So, um, you know, there's no, Packages or subscriptions once it starts, because everybody that's followers of ours wants all the data before the season and signs up before the season. But yes, other than that, it's just some fun gambling info. But as far as getting baseball, you want to do that before the season starts, of course. There's nothing. We don't do anything daily during the year. Gotcha. The clock is ticking on us, so we need to get over there. There you go. Signed up. I got you. But as I always say only bet as much as you can afford to win. <laughs>